right, Degenerates. We're here with all of your bold predictions for the 2021 season. I am joined, as always, by the Dynasty Degenerate himself, Mr. Steve Sampson, and our commissioner, the DFS Degenerate, Mr. Eric Defusco. How you doing tonight, Steve? How you doing tonight, Eric? How you guys doing? Good, Brian. How you doing, Eric? Doing good, brother. How you doing? Brian, how you doing? <laughs> Fucking excellent. Uh, me and Steve went out, played a little golf today. I got a little burnt, but I'm all right. Uh, we're, we'll get by. And uh, who, who won? Steve by a mile. <laughs> Steve by a mile. Not a surprise. No. He, well, I wouldn't say we played golf. Uh, we, we, we went on a, uh, a five and a half hour hike uh, up and down rolling hills and some beautiful landscape. Yeah. But we definitely the, got our money's worth. Easily the longest round of my life. But we had fun, so yeah, the beers were going down smooth. So, <laughs> no IPAs. Uh, Steve had the IPAs. Steve <laughs> does not drink IPAs. Thank you very much. <laughs> Brian would uh, put them bitches right down the drain. Down the drain, like bitch. that meme. Yep. Yep. No, I just want my Miller Lights. That's give all me I a need. Miller. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, do you guys uh, are you guys ready to give some bold predictions? Yes, I was born ready. Oh, I am ready, baby. All right, so here we go. Bold predictions. Steve, you want to kick us off? You want to give us our first bold prediction for 2021? Our first bold prediction for 2021 is I lose the next um, game show to Brian. <laughs> That's not bold. Put it on the board. <laughs> no, it's bold. <laughs> Let's go with uh, let's go with Sam Darnold, top fifteen quarterback. Top fifteen. Top fifteen. Yeah, I can get on board. I don't think that's particularly bold, to be honest. I I, I can get on board with that. No problem. As as bad as he's played, and I know it's a gaze factor, but as as bad as he's played and the problems he's had in his career with turnovers, if he doesn't. If he plays like he used, like he has been playing with, with the turnovers and stuff, it'll never happen. So that's that's why it's a bold prediction. Is I think he actually starts to play like a quality NFL quarterback with the weapons he has. Um, I think you can count on him to be top fifteen and actually give you QB one numbers some weeks this year. So I think the bigger thing with Darnold finishing top fifteen is he's going to have to play sixteen games. He is so so far he hasn't. And he kind of low key misses a lot of games, and no one really talks about it. But mm-hmm. he misses. Well, that's because you don't there. notice it on the scoreboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody sees Sam Darnold's out and goes, "Oh no, the Jets are screwed." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eric, your thoughts? Top fifteen is way too uh, rich for me. Yeah, I mean, I I just I think I'm he's got team. the best cast he's ever worked with. I think he has the best offensive coordinator he's ever worked with. I think he has the best head coach he's ever worked with. Uh, just every, literally everything around him is an upgrade. So I'm on board with it. I, I'm fine with Sam Darnold as a, as a QB 15. I The more I've read into Joe Brady, the more overrated I see he is. He's the new young OC that everybody's piping up, thinking that he's the fucking next Sean McVay, and I, I don't think he is. No, well, I mean, I think he's, I think he's great right now. I think it's going to burn out fast, though. I don't see anything particularly innovative about his offense. It's just kind of, it's kind of creative. But at the same time, the league's going to catch on, and when they do, I don't think he's going to be able to evolve. 
you know, and it'll just burn itself out. Like with Adam Gase, you know, like he was he was really good that one year, and then he never changed his offense. The rest of the league caught on, and it just he got ran into the fucking ground. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with that prediction. Uh, Eric, what's your first bold prediction for 2021? I'm trying to decide if I should come with the Heat. I think I'm gonna go ahead. Come with the Heat. All right, AJ Brown. Ooh, is somebody that we will be talking about in December as one of the potential biggest bus candidates for the 2021 season. Wow. Really? Yep. I would also second that. Do you want to know why? Why? ADP 13th overall. And it's <laughs> June. <laughs> you are buying him uh... at his ceiling. I am not going to take the guy who's going to be coming off the coming off the board as a wide receiver four in redraft. 13th overall. First pick of the second round. A team that was 30th in pass attempts last year. A team that is the favorite to land Julio Jones, who's going to hurt A.J. Brown. I don't give a fuck about mm-hmm. John U. Smith leaving. I don't give a fuck about Corey Davis leaving. Oh, there's targets to go around. He may see some type of an increase, but there's not enough passing volume in that offense, I really think, to propel him to be a top five wide receiver. I think, eight, I'm, and this is nothing to do with the skill of the guy. I think he's a freak. Yeah. It's the situation. Um, I, I just, I don't see, I think wide receiver four is his absolute fucking ceiling. And I don't even, I think that's high. I think wide receiver six. I think he's more of a back uh, wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. He's going too high, and like I said, I'm looking at it, and everything is telling me in my gut, stay the fuck away. Don't pay the price. The fantasy community is hyping this boy up for a good reason. Like yeah. I said, he's got the skill. He's got everything. He's got the tools. But it's just it's it's to the point now where it's out of control. And I seriously believe we will be saying his name will be mentioned as the biggest bus candidate, a potential choice. I, I think his ADP is going to come down. I mean, right now, wh- what's drafting right now? Dynasty and best ball. And he's a great only player. only best ball. Well, I mean, yeah, he's a great best ball player, at. though. Like, he's he's either eight points or 25, right? Like, Yeah, but best ball and redraft ain't that different, really. I mean, there's guys you'll take stabs on, like the big play guy. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, he's definitely going to go later in redraft. Definitely. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think, don't he think will. so, man. He might. He's going to be a yeah. second round pick at at the lowest. You don't think he's worth a second round pick? Not the top of the second. Back of the second, maybe. But there's still guys. This dude, like, we're going to get into another guy later who I would take over him a hundred times out of a hundred times. Okay. Well, I mean, last like four wide receivers behind him. Last year he was the wide receiver twelve, and he missed three games. Two games. Sorry. I mean. I I think he's worth a second round pick, you know, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He's a good player. It's getting out of hand. It's just I think it's getting out of hand. AJ Brown was good because he went in the third, fourth round last year. Now he's going at the top of the second. That's when you notice it. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just we'll have to agree to disagree. Steve, your thoughts? I agree with Eric. You would not use a second round pick on AJ Brown. I am not using a second round pick on AJ Brown. All right. Fair enough. I mean, you I, just I, did. I have a hard... You just did in the Listener League. You just did at the 2-1. I did, and that's a dynasty. We're oh, dynasty. It's a little different. <laughs> We're talking about redraft. 
In Dynasty, I'm looking at long-term. So, yes, I will use a second-round pick on a guy of his age with his talent because long-term it's going to pay out. This year in redraft, I agree with Eric. It's it's going to be – you're going to take him too high and you're not going to get the return that you're looking for out of him. So, buyer beware. So, uh, I'm going to give you my first one. Um, we talked about this a little bit the other day, but I'm going to go back to it, and I'm officially predicting Najee Harris finishes as a top eight running back. I think he's going to be an absolute steal in drafts, um, especially in redraft. I think he could climb up to the <laughs> back of the first. What? No, keep going, keep going, keep going. I, oh, yeah, because you're probably you're probably a bold prediction that he sucks. <laughs> no, I don't think he sucks. Cause I, I'm, I'm with you in the fact that I, the volume alone is going to probably be enough to yeah. at least give him why, uh, running back 10 to 14 range finish or higher, but I don't think it's going to be higher. Okay. So I think I think his ADP will climb to the back of the first, and if he finishes as a top eight running back, that's value. And I think he'll get there. I absolutely think he'll get there. Volume alone, and he's he's a talented player. It's not just the volume. He's a talented player. He was a first-round pick for a reason. He is a very good running back. And I I think he has top eight written all over him. Steve, I'll let you go before Eric, since apparently he's got something to say. I'm middle of the fence on Najee with, with that range, so let Eric do his, and then I'll decide from there. You said uh, running running back eight? That's correct. You think he's going to be top eight? Mm-hmm. I don't think I predict. You predict. <laughs> Aaron Jones, Najee Harris. Uh, Aaron Jones. Nick Chubb, Najee Harris. Najee Harris. Ezekiel Elliott, Najee Harris. Najee Harris. Insane. Austin Eckler, Najee Harris. Najee Harris. Cam Akers, Najee Harris. Najee Harris all day and night. Not even Antonio, fucking close. Cam Akers ain't even in the same league. Antonio <laughs> Gibson. Antonio, get get out of here. Now, how how low are we going to go here? Antonio right. Gibson. Najee Harris is so far above Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson can't even see him. Keep buying into the rookie buzz, Brian. Oh, you'll see. Cam Akers, it's a mistake. But... Oh, no, no. Trust me. We're going to be talking about Cam Akers. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, the film grinder. Have you watched film on Cam Akers? Because I suggest I you go watch it. I've watched it. Yep. What have you seen? D- he's a pretty good quarterback. He's a pretty good running back. Quarterback. He's a pretty good running back. <laughs> They're going to need a quarterback. Back? Yeah. <laughs> I think he has the best vision out of any year two running back. Well, he can use it on the bench. He's going to have to have good vision to see from there. You think he's going to be on the bench? We'll talk about him. So, uh, Stephen, why don't you give me your next bold prediction? My bold prediction is Robert Tanyan, hated tight end by Brian Moran, mm-hmm. will be a top eight tight end this year again. Oh, my God. I don't see it, dude. I do not see it. Well, I'm sorry that you can't. He's in his fourth year. Uh, tight ends usually take a couple of years to develop. He's been getting more and more targets every year from Aaron Rodgers. And even with a regression of, say, five touchdowns from last year, he goes from 11 down to six. If he gets another 10 targets, that will should translate into nine catches because the guy is extremely efficient with his catches, and he still finishes as a top eight last year. So I look for the targets to go up because he only had 
like 60 targets. I think that increases as Rodgers was uh, throwing to him more and more as the season went on. I look for that to translate into this year coming, and I think he finishes right around probably the number five, but I'm saying top eight. So there's a couple of things there. Number one, I think it's just adorable that you say he's been targeted more and more by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, The previous two years, he had 15 targets and six targets. And in 2017, he had zero targets. So this is actually his fourth year. It's just not showing up on your stat sheet because 2017, he didn't play because he's dreadful. This year, Aaron Rodgers goes out there, throws the most, the highest touchdown percentage of his career, and Robert Tunyon is the recipient. Okay, fine. I get it. This was also a very bad year for tight ends. I think if Robert Tunyon did exactly what he just did next year, he would not be top eight. And of the, t- of the I top think he's 12 going to tight ends, of the top 12 tight ends, all of them but him had at least 75 targets last year. Mm-hmm. So even with the regression on touchdowns, which I expect, he, his targets are going to go up. They're, they're, Why do his targets have to go up? Because he's Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball to him more. Says who? Says me. That's my bold prediction. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. He, he, so I mean, you take away six, you take away five touchdowns, and you give yep. him sixteen targets, and somehow he gets the same amount of fantasy points. I give him ten targets. Well, that's not seventy-five. I'm giving him ten targets, putting him at okay. 70, 70 targets. He. He's hyper-efficient with his uh, receiving. He doesn't drop that many passes. Mm-hmm. And that should add roughly, with, with his yards per catch, that should add roughly 110 point, uh, 110 yards, which is another 11 points in PPR. Right? Yep. So that's going to offset the loss of 30 points in touchdowns. If you say so. Go ahead, Eric. I just wanted to slip this in about uh, Robert Ton- Tunyon, I should say. He was a... Cap, uh, not a cap guy. He was a final roster cut casualty by the Detroit Lions on September 3rd of 2017. He was then picked up by the Green Bay Packers on December 5th of that year to the signed to the practice squad. And on January 2nd, 2018, they signed him to a reserve futures contract. So he wasn't on the active roster in 17, but he was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, yeah, it's a yeah. Year, it's a year yeah. he was in the league, but yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't on the active roster. I just wanted to. Yeah, he wasn't good enough to even. He wasn't even. He wasn't even good enough to make the fifty-three man roster. I got it. That's not exactly true. He was also the practice squad of bum. One, Mister George Kittle. Um, they work out together. They practice <gasps> together in the off season. Oh my! That, uh, he's so, Hall of Fame bound. He used he to room is. with George Kittle. Oh my he god! He still rooms with George Kittle. They live together in the off season in Nashville. So, oh, he is Tonyan, a good man. Tonyan is going to be top eight. Moving on. All right, so for my next prediction, I got a double. I got a dually. A dual dually. prediction. Because it involves some teammates. I'm going with it, man. I'm planting my fucking flag. Justin Jefferson, my favorite rookie wide receiver last year, is going to finish as the de facto wide receiver motherfucking one. One? And Adam Thielen is going to finish outside the top 24. Outside the top 24? Yes, sir. Now we're getting bold. I like this. Now we're getting bold. Outside the top 24. Justin Jefferson's season started early, and it's going to continue on. So, I mean. He takes that team over. (laughs) 
<laughs> in the final eight games, you just saw Justin Jefferson just – it was his team. It's his team now. I've looked into the numbers. I've watched it, some of the clips, and I just said it. I'm like, you know, I'm like, this guy is – this is his team. Well, you, I mean, you're basically you're, – you're predicting Justin Jefferson to move up five spots. I can get on board with that. But you're projecting Thielen to move down more than 14. So the, the thing with Thielen – is he had 14 receiving touchdowns last year. That's five more touchdowns, I believe, than he has ever had in his seat in his career. That is by far the most receiving touch. He may have had more than that one year. Let me let me let me No, he didn't check this. No, his his highest did. ever is 2018 with nine. I don't think that's gonna go up. I don't think it's gonna be the same. It's gotta come down. And in the second half of the season last year, Justin Jefferson was out targeting Adam Thielen two to one. And El- in the final eight games, in the final eight games, Justin Jefferson had double-digit targets in six out of eight. Adam Thielen had double-digit targets in two out of eight. Mm-hmm. It's Young Bucks team now, man, and <laughs> it, it's it's just it's more of a hunch thing with this. Where I just I am being very bold. I think Justin Jefferson's going to finish as the wide receiver one on a run-first team. I'm just going with it, man. We're going with bold predictions. I'm going bold. I think Justin Jefferson's way too underranked. Uh, some of these rankings I've looked at, uh, wide receiver eight, nine, which is fucking absurd. I think this mm-hmm. is ludicrous, and I just I think Thielen's going to regress. And well, I mean, I could see it. It's just, I mean, obviously this is bold prediction, so you have to go bold. I just don't, I don't think Thielen goes that low. I don't think he goes outside the top twenty-four. I think he's a high-end wide receiver too. I just, I don't know if this offense is going to be able to sustain two top twenty wide receivers. Well, we've been watching it for years with Thielen and Diggs. No, they can. Yeah, I don't. But I, I think no, there's going to be a sudden, a sudden shift this year. Well, I mean, I, I get your point. Like Justin Jefferson is better than Diggs, so does he hog more of the targets than Diggs did? That's it's certainly a possibility. But I don't think Thielen has to finish outside the top twenty-four because, like you said, the touchdowns. I don't think last year was an aberration. I think they changed how he was being used. And you point out the targets during that eight-game span, but you leave out the touchdowns. Justin Jefferson had four, and uh, Adam Thielen had eight. So he's being Adam Thielen. He's being targeted more in the red zone than Jefferson. So I I believe Thielen had more red zone targets than any other wide receiver in the league. So it's not like he just lucked into these touchdowns. He he's working for them. So I don't think there's necessarily the touchdown regression that you're predicting. Uh, I believe so because I don't. That's a hard. That's a hard stat to uh, lead in back-to-back years. It just usually doesn't happen. Well, I mean, I I don't think he necessarily has fourteen, but I don't think he goes from fourteen to six. If he went down to ten, would that shock you? No, that wouldn't shock me. And I think that's enough to keep top twenty-four. Twenty-four points is a lot. Oh, it is. It doesn't it sound is. like it, but it is. Steve, what are your it, thoughts? So I think I agree with with. Uh, Eric, that Jefferson should finish high. Uh, one, I don't know, but high. I disagree on the Thielen side as well. Uh, I I do expect there to be some touchdown regression, roughly four to say four to six touchdowns. So he should have, you know, eight to ten or nine to eleven, somewhere around there. He is targeted heavily in the red zone. I don't expect that to change. Kyle Rudolph is gone. We expect Irv Smith to get more work. I I think that that's something that we all agree on. But I still think Thielen gets the most targets in the red zone, and I think that's going to translate into him sticking in the top 24. Okay. 
So for my next bold prediction, I'm going to stay right on the same team, and I'm going to say that Herb Smith finishes as a top end, a top eight tight end, which is uh, well inside the threshold for a tight end one. So I think there's still plenty of I, – I know it's a low-volume offense, but it's a high-efficiency offense, and I think there's still enough to go around for everybody to finish up this high, you know? So as where, long where as you maintain the from? efficiency. Well, he takes Kyle Rudolph's targets. Which was one. Just roughly the same amount that he had. So you get into the approximately 60 target range, mm-hmm. which is the, the same amount that uh, Robert Tynion had last year. Mm-hmm. So unless he gets 11 touchdowns, Irv Smith is not going to finish as a top eight tight end. Why can't he? I'm just with your logic against Tanyan. If he doesn't get all the touchdowns, then with only 60 targets, Irv Smith is not going to have the points to finish in the top eight. So where's the extra points going to come from? Because this is the same argument you have for me against Tanyan. It's it's going to be the exact same situation. No, 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 no. Okay. You're predicting for his targets to go up, and I said they're not. Mm-hmm. But he's still, Irv Smith, you're predicting for his targets to go up. That you you think he's going to take all of Kyle Rudolph's targets, which yeah. was only like thirty. Steve, if he if like if you that. just take if you just take Kyle Rudolph's stats and you add them to Irv Smith, he would have been top eight last year. Yes, but they're going to have another tight end in that spot that's going to take some of those targets. Those targets just don't shift from one guy to another because the guy left. They're still going to run twelve personnel with two tight ends out there. Well, who's the other guy? I think it's uh, Conklin. Is that what his name is? That fucking scrub. I'm not worried about him. Well. Brian, just because you're not doesn't mean that they're not going to use a guy. Because you don't think he's fantasy relevant doesn't mean he's not going to be on the field and get targets. Yeah, he had, he had a few targets last year, too. I'm not worried about him. I think Irv Smith gets the majority of those targets. Okay, I mean, and that's fine. I, I don't hate on Irv Smith. I just want you to tell me how he's going to make up. You know, like I said, you you need roughly 75 targets to be a top 12 tight end. So to get into the top eight, you realistically need that. Or you need a huge uptick in touchdowns, which Irv Smith doesn't have. And we just said Adam Thielen. No, I think Adam Thielen gets – I think he's going to get most of the red zone work. So uh, he's not going to get a huge uptick in touchdowns. He may catch one or two more. Mm -hmm. So he needs a a big uptick in targets. Well, if he has has 60 – if he has 60 targets and he gets, say, 700 700 receiving yards – with his five touchdowns, he is a top eight tight end. If he gets 700 receiving yards, yes. Yes, which I think is more than possible. I mean, he has 30 with 365, so I'm no mathematician, but if he had 60 receptions, if he keeps his yards per catch average, he should be over 700. He should, but I don't think he gets all of Kyle Rudolph's targets. I think, I, and, I think you're dreaming. So that, that's, that's my – I mean – Frankly, I almost left this off the list because I didn't think it was all that bold. I, I'm kind of shocked you're even bothering to disagree with me. Uh, no, nah, and I was going to kind of say something. I didn't want to be a dick, but yeah, you thought it was babyish. It's 100% babyish. Yeah, it's not bold. Rob Rob Gronkowski was tight end eight last year. He had 149.3 fantasy points. Uh, John U. Smith at 140.2. He finishes tight end 16. That means. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine tight ends finished within 10 points of each other from 8 to 16. A, a guy 8 through 16, they're a dime a dozen. 
it, with tight ends, I feel like you want to go bold. Like nobody gives a fuck about guys outside the top five. All right, moving on. Steve, why don't you give me your next bold prediction? Uh, so I actually had one that kind of ties in with these guys. So last year there was, uh, and it's just kind of a general prediction, not necessarily a specific player, but um, last year there were five teams that had two wide receivers in the top 24. Uh, Seattle, Minnesota, Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Dallas. I predict that this year that there are seven teams that have two wide, at least two wide receivers in the top 24. The same four, or the same five, with the addition of the Rams and Tampa Bay, and potentially Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. That's tough to pull off. It is. Yeah. That's and be especially a real hard one to pull off. So I, li- f- I, li- I like I love the angle. Like it's it's a diff- it's, it's yeah. It's none of that cliche. Oh, this one's gonna finish top five. Like it's <laughs> Steve's actually he's trying to think of something that's like creative. So outside I, the box, I, I appreciate the outside the box creativity. There's yeah. a ton of things that can fuck this up. So my my thing with this is that in order for the two wide receivers to finish in the top twelve, they they pretty much have to be the only two on their team. Top twenty four. Top twenty four. Top twenty four. Okay, so same difference. Uh, if In order for two wide receivers on the same team to finish top 24, they have to be the only two wide receivers on their team. That's Correct. why I, I dismiss Tampa Bay entirely, because there's three to four. You don't think that Antonio Brown and Mike Evans can finish in the top, in the top 24? Not if, Chris God, not if Chris Godwin gets his. Godwin was a wide receiver 33 last year. Yeah, but, I, but he's not going anywhere. No, he's not. But a, a small shift in targets... You know, or more targets, less running backs. I mean, he also missed six games last year. He did. So he, he could finish in the top 24. It could be Evans and Godwin. They're, but they they're not, like they're not going to finish in the top 24 if Antonio Brown gets his. Like I said, that third wide receiver, no matter who it is, if you have a third talented wide receiver, it fucks everybody up. That's not necessarily true because Pittsburgh had all three of their wide receivers in the top 24 last year. Yeah, but that it's extremely difficult. It to is do. extremely difficult. That's why this is a bold prediction. Yeah. So that, but that I'm just saying that's why I disagree. Like, it, like it can be done. Of course, it can be, but I, I think you're you're counting on a lot of teams to do it. I think that's way too many. I, I think am. Carolina drops out of it completely. They're not going to have two. And I, I think the, I don't think the Buccaneers can because there's too many mouths to feed. It's just I, I think seven is, is too many. It's a bold prediction. If, if if we all agree, you're not being bold enough. So I'm pushing back because I think it's extremely bold. I I I, I don't think there will be seven. I'm not even sure there'll be five. I'm not sure there'll be five either. But that's I'm willing the top, to take that, that that's, chance. If I was gonna break this on like a one to ten boldness scale, this is like a like probably close to a eight point eight. <laughs> this is bold. Which obviously, the higher up, closer to ten, you know, the, the the less likely it is to happen. But that's the purpose of a bold prediction. It's something that, like, even if you think there's a one percent chance of it happening, it's probably as good as it can be. It's kind of the point of them. I, I like the angle. Like I said, do I think it's going to happen? No, I do not. Mm-hmm. I think it's extremely unlikely. But that's why I picked name. That's why I said seven. That's why I picked team names with fantasy relevant players that will contribute to fantasy success if those if this actually happens mm-hmm. i mean two of these teams pittsburgh and tampa bay if they make it potentially could have three guys in again 
like Pittsburgh did last year. It's extremely rare, but it could happen. Oh, it could. Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, Dallas That's... could have three, if, but I don't think so. But they, they could. Yeah, because they, they won't have Gallup. <laughs> no. You know, those those three teams have three guys. That, even Cincinnati has three, but I don't think that they can put three in. I think they'll struggle to get two. But I, I definitely think it's possible for them. Eric, why don't you give me your next bold prediction? So I'm going to go. This is one of my uh, lighter bold predictions. It's uh, one that I didn't do uh, a ton of uh, research on. <laughs> this is a hunch prediction. And it's not even really fantasy football related, but we're talking football. So I'm going to sprinkle in a little fucking football. I'm going to stamp my flag down and I'm going to say the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win the AFC North. Whoa! <laughs> I don't think that division is that good. And I think I, Cincy is ready to make a step forward. Yeah. Division winning, I don't know. Is it possible? Yeah, because I don't think Pittsburgh is that good. Even Baltimore. I'm starting to question Baltimore. I don't know if they're that good. And Cleveland, I want to buy into Cleveland, but I have a hard time buying into Cleveland just because of the fucking helmet. <laughs> as good as I think they'll be, I'm like, it's still the Browns. And Cleveland. would anybody really be surprised if Cleveland went 5-12? and 12? They are experts at snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that's kind of my thing, too. Is like uh, I think they have as good a chance as anybody because I think Baltimore's a little overrated. You know, they had that one year where they just lit the league on fire and, you know, lost in the first round of the playoffs. But, you know, Pittsburgh, I think, is on their way out. And, you know, the Browns, yeah, they did it last year. But can they do it again? History says no. I mean, they look like a really good team. They're talented. We'll see if they can. I, I think Cincinnati competes for it anyway, at the very least, right? The only problem with that is the defense. That's, that defense blows. That was going to be my, my rebuttal, is their defense is not ready to be a division winner yet. Their defense ain't great, but I think they did. Ain't great? Pickups. It's not great. <laughs> I think they made some improvements. It could, it could be better. It's bold, but I, I think since he's ready to make a take a take a step forward. Yeah, no, I mean, it, like, I mean, we're making bold predictions. That's bold. Yeah, it's you can see a path to it being true, but at the same time, you're like, eh, I have my doubts because of this. It's like, I mean, that's that's what we're here for. So, I think offensively, that team's ready to click. Oh fuck yeah! I was about to, so mm -hmm. that's what I was about to bring up. You know, they add Jamar Chase to an offense that we already liked. You know, it's easy to see them being, you know, a top five offense in the AFC as long as everybody stays healthy. Something's telling me that Joe Mixon's going to get it right this year. He's going to actually stay on the field, and he's finally <laughs> going to do what everybody thought he would. That's a bold prediction tied in right there, too. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a two for one. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that was just more of a hunch. I think Cincinnati's going to win the, the AFC North because I don't think that division's very good. I really, I don't think it's NFC East bad, but yeah, I don't think it's great. So for my next one, and you know, I, Eric, I have a feeling you'll get on board. I'm just sick. I'm sick of seeing this. We keep seeing him being drafted too high. So I'm going to go ahead and put it on the table for everybody to see. I think Russell Wilson is going to finish outside the top 10. I think that that team's heading for a nasty breakup. They're not going to let him cook. They want to run the ball. I just don't, I don't see it. I, I, I think he's being drafted way too high. He's being drafted because people remember the good games and they immediately forget the bad ones. Like they always have with Russell Wilson. I want to agree with you, but Russell's my boy. I, I think he does the same thing he, he's done to us in, in the past couple of years. I think he starts out hot. 
and regresses as the season goes on. If they would just let him play, I think he would be fine. But I think that the direction they're going is is still going to try to be a run-first team. Yeah. I can definitely get on board with that one, unless they trade for Julio Jones. Even if they trade for Julio? If they trade for Julio, that's going to be... It's gonna to be tough to say he finished it outside the top ten. Well, I don't even know. I mean, they, wanna, they, even if they say they want to run first, like really, dude, you have Julio Jones, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. You guys want to run first? Like, give me a fucking break. But they've always had but, good receivers, and they don't want to throw to them. So now they add Julio. Congratulations. They still don't want to throw to him. Like that's the way I look at throw it. To him. I think they definitely have to throw to him. Just well, why won't they throw think. to DK? They you throw know? to DK. I just don't know why they stopped. Like they, 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 they seem like a very, they do, they do seem like a very dysfunctional team. It's it's like brutal. Can't. You know, I mean, it, it, it really just is. Be hard. I would think if you have those three guys, it would, I would just have to think it would have to be hard to think that he finishes outside the top ten. And I, I get your logic. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Okay, well, that's why I hate it. <laughs> but anyway, so that's gonna wrap up my Russell Wilson bold prediction. I just have to say you're going to be wrong about that one. I got your back, oh. Russell. <laughs> I'm sure you appreciate it. Uh, why don't you give me your next bold prediction? All right. My next bold prediction is Stonehands Deontay Johnson finishes as a top 15 wide receiver. 15? Is the, is the highest of the Steelers wide receivers. Good Lord. Really? Now, we're getting, now we're getting bold. That's actually funny because, like, my my – my whole stance on the Pittsburgh wide receivers, I'm kind of starting to shift towards the guy I hated two months ago. Chase Claypool? Claypool, yeah. Clay Poopoo? Clay Poopoo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I'm looking and I'm like, Deontay Johnson's catching problems. His, his, his percentage of targets that he caught was abysmally low. Yeah, bad. I'm so, not a big believer in Juju. Johnson was fine from 10 yards and under, um, but I think part of that was Ben and his elbow surgery i think that that changes this year and i think it because it was starting to get better at the end of the season so i think johnson's drops from 10 to 20 plus go down i think he catches more of those balls i think they're better thrown and uh i mean he had 140 targets if he can if he can catch another 20 balls it's huge yeah well he has to do that and not lead not lead the league in drops Correct. Which is, <laughs> which if if he caught twenty more balls, he wouldn't leave the lead and drop. So yeah, I, I think that kind of counts cancels itself out. Well, like, I, I, a, I, can, I can tell you this. I'm sorry, real quick. I can tell you this. He has to start right away because if he keeps dropping balls at the rate he has been, he's not going to get those fucking targets. They'll move right on to Chase Claypool and they'll forget Deontay Johnson exists because nobody wants to keep watching him put balls on the dirt. So he needs to start week one with this whole I'm not going to drop the ball anymore thing. Yeah. Eric? No, I was just going to say, like, I'm I'm a volume chaser. And, like, obviously seeing those huge target numbers is something I like to see. Yeah. And I would buy into a guy like Deontay Johnson. I'm not exactly sure. I could look it up unless one of you guys has it in front of you. What is his ADP currently? I have a feeling it's going to be too high. I think he's still I, I, just based guy. off of the target volume alone, he can finish top fifteen, but he's got to fix the fucking drops. Yeah, he's got to catch and the ball. He, he's got to catch the ball. I mean, you you can't one hundred and forty plus targets like that's good enough to finish top fifteen. I mean, Adam Thielen oh, just finished as a wide receiver one, and he didn't even have one hundred and ten. Yeah, it, it's it's why I mean with that target volume, he could finish top eight. Yeah, 
But I, I just nobody. He had the most drops in twenty twenty. Yes, he was number one in the league. Yeah, that that's he's got to fix that. And he had the he was number seventy nine in catch rate. He caught sixty one point one percent of his targets. So there's only thirty two teams. That means that you know he's he's behind two wide receivers on every single team as far as catch rate. So. Mm-hmm. So he's his ADP right now is 60. So he's going at the end of the f- fifth round, early sixth. Obviously, like you said, Steve, if he fixes the drops, then I- I'm a total believer. Like, yeah, of course. If he catches those targets, like he's a fucking beast. He might he'll probably be he'll be top 12. I don't believe he can fix the drops. I just I don't think he's that good. I think I think it's a bold prediction to say that a problem that he's had for several years now is going to be fixed in an offseason, and he's going to go out there and be better. Can it happen? Of course it can. But I, I, I'm i not a believer myself. But uh, that's why we're here, right? So, uh, Eric, why don't you give me your next bold prediction? All right. So this is a little off-the-cuff uh, prediction I have. I am going to come out and say that Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the most owned player on 2021 championship teams. Mm-hmm. I think Zeke is in for a massive improvement from his 2020 season. I think he's got a fantastic value. I've seen some mocks where he's going 110, 111, yeah. 107, 108 in that range. I've, I saw one where he slipped into the second round, man. Yeah. Like, he's just such a value. And I, I think people ain't looking into the numbers and seeing how good he was when Dak was healthy. When Dak went out, that whole team was different. C.D. Lamb was different. Amari Cooper, he kind of stayed the same, but he did slightly decrease in in efficiency. Yeah, but they're wide receivers. Zeke Zeke was different. They were all different. Well, C.D. Lamb had some massive splits, if you really look at him. He was much better with Dak. Oh, I know he did. Yeah. And it's just, there were times where it looked like Zeke, I know we talked about it last year, Brian, me and you, like, there were just times where he looked like he flat out quit. I think he did. (laughs) He was not trying. He just said, fuck it. We lost Dak. We ain't doing shit. I'm not going to get myself hurt. I think he's going to rebound huge this year. I expect big things from Dallas. I'm even going to tie this into another one of my bold predictions. I think Dak Prescott sounded like a pure homer. It's going to be <laughs> the 2021 NFL MVP. NFL MVP. Dak for MVP. Wow. NFL. I think he's going to win the MVP, baby. I think he's going to have to settle for comeback player of the year. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that award. That's a lock, dude. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> he can win both. He yeah, can he win, win both. both. There's somebody else who's going to be a big candidate for comeback player of the year, too. Who the fuck is it? Joe, Joe Mixon, if he could stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, Joe, Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah. but you don't think Dak's going to outperform no, it'll, Joe it'll Burrow? It'll be Dak, because Dak's going to have a better year than Burrow, yeah. probably. I, I don't want to say definitely, probably. So... The thing about Zeke, like you said, yes, he I mean, he was garbage. He was straight garbage without Dak Prescott. He just flat out quit. And I know that because Tony Pollard did just fine when Dak was out. So, huh, you know, when you put two and two together, it's like it, it clearly wasn't the team. It wasn't the line. It was Zeke. You know, there's no reason for Tony Pollard to have a higher yards per carry than Zeke other than Zeke didn't feel like it because he he knew that team wasn't going anywhere. So I I think the bounce back season is in full effect. I think his ADP is going to climb. 
the closer we get to redraft draft season. I think it's going to come up. It's going to come back up. It's it's too low right now. You're right. You know, once we start getting some of the hype train rolling in training camp, I think you're going to start to see him rise up to where he should be. But yeah, he's definitely going to bounce back. I, I I love Zeke, and you know, as long as apparently Dak needs to stay healthy for Zeke to try, but you know, I, I don't think I don't think that's going to be an issue. So, and Dak for MVP, I think there's a chance. To be honest, if I'm going to give my dark horse candidate right now, and I'll add that to my bold predictions, I guess Kyler Murray. Yeah, I can get on board with that. He was a front runner, front runner MVP candidate last year, and then kind of got away from him. But yeah, I heard a shoulder. I can get on board with that. Yeah. So for my next bold prediction, my man's not getting any respect. Julio Jones, no matter where he goes, almost no matter where he goes, if he goes to Seattle, I'll have to readjust. Almost anywhere he goes, he will be a top 12 wide receiver as long as he stays healthy. Honestly, I, he's getting disrespected in these drafts we've seen. Completely disrespected. Um, I, I just, I don't get it. It's like people act like, like he's nobody now because he had one bad year, one injury-ridden year. It's like he had—he doesn't have a long history of injury troubles. With uh, he fucking balled when he was on the field last year. It's not like he's used up, done. You know, it—it's—he's getting disrespected. That's because Julio is on the way out. <laughs> Hamstring Julio. Hamstring Julio. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, I mean, I like Julio, and, and I really do hope he comes back healthy this year because he's exciting to watch. He's, he's uh, a, a huge talent. Uh, all I can say is I'm so happy I started selling him before the season last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just because of the age. I mean, I think he's still got a couple more years. I think no matter where he goes, he's going to be a valuable asset. Yeah. And, I mean, um, that's the thing, too. And I, let me ask you. Um, you know, we're seeing him go super, super late in our drafts, but these are dynasty drafts. Yeah, um, redraft. If you different. if you had to guess his ADP in redraft, what would you think? Uh, late second, early third. You think I he'll go think that he ma- high? I don't think he makes it out of the third round in in redraft. Hmm. I don't know. I I I think people are sleeping on him. I think he's going to go later than that. I do, especially when. He's going to get traded, and they're going to, oh, you know, wide receivers typically don't do well when they trade teams, you know. Now, I think when he gets traded, depending on the landing spot, because uh, there are a couple of unideal spots, but not many, um, it's going to be fresh in everybody's minds, and everybody. And when they start drafting their redraft teams, they want Julio. Because okay. it's going to be name recognition again. Oh, yeah, he's uh, a new yeah. team. I remember him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was so good. He got away from Atlanta. They suck. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we'll I, see. Oh, I mean, Tennessee. They're going to be awesome this year. I'm, I need Julio. So kind of like Eric's uh, Zeke prediction. Like if Julio Jones climbs up the ADP, this won't end up being very bold. But with what we've been seeing, it's disgusting. Oh, if he stays in the fourth round or, yeah. or late third, I mean that's that's still a bargain. Oh, it's a steal. Yeah. You know, because, I, I mean, he's still going around guys like Godwin, Allen Robinson, um, CeeDee Lamb. Those guys are all going around the fourth. Terry McLaurin, Thielen on, on the site that I'm looking at. So Yeah. And this, that, I mean, that's non-PPR. If we go to PPR, that's obviously going to adjust it a little bit. Julio's at 4-2, uh, so he's in the same spot. 4-2. No kidding. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. G- going right before Mike Evans, right after Terry McLaurin. But same same guys in that same range. So it, it doesn't really change anything. Wow. But again, we, we're, we're looking at best ball, some best ball, because that really just started, but mostly dynasty ADPs for startups. Yeah, and, and I mean, dynasty, I get it. Like, he's on the way out. I get it. He's a later pick. At the same time, if you're going for a championship this year and you pass on a top 12 wide receiver because he's old, sorry, you don't get the chance to win the championship very often. Just take the good player, you know? Yeah. No, no. You take the good player and, and you use a draft pick in the next uh, the next year's draft to, to put somebody in his spot when he retires. You know, I, I don't mind taking older players if I think I have a chance to win now. And I just plan for the future. I, I try to get enough young guys around him to to have a replacement ready when it's time yep so uh steve why don't you give me your next bold prediction oh well everybody knows that i'm not a big fan of jalen hurts (laughs) i may have noticed (laughs) my bold prediction for mr hurts is that he has more turnovers than touchdowns oh come you do now you're doing them dirty I am. Oh but man, last that's year, passing, passing last touchdowns year, or just touchdowns combined? Just touch passing touchdowns. Last year he had uh, six touchdowns. He had four interceptions and two fumbles lost, but he had nine fumbles. Mm-hmm. He just got lucky that he only lost two of them. Yeah. So I looked. I went and looked back. College, he didn't have an issue with uh, with fumbles. I I couldn't find any stats where he fumbled, but it's it's also college, so. Other than uh, Sam Darnold, a lot of quarterbacks don't have a huge issue with fumbling in college. Yeah, at the at the bigger schools, that's why they're at the yeah because they don't they don't get under center. Right. <laughs> that, yeah. No, and that's that's exactly right. So between Alabama and Oklahoma, I don't think he spent a whole lot of time under center. Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, I think you're way too low on Jalen Hurts. I've said it before, and I will say it again. The guy couldn't beat out Tua, so he transferred to Oklahoma. I thought you liked Tua. I do like Tua. So what? Now they got he can't. So he's slightly worse than Tua, or at least somebody perceives him to be slightly worse than Tua. And that makes him a bum. Yes. <laughs> if but Tua's good. good. Enough, if you're not good enough to beat the guy on the same team as you, and you have to transfer so that you can play, you're probably not a very good quarterback. Is Tua good or not? Tua's. I don't know. I have to find out. Well, Do I thought a, you said you liked Tua. I do like Tua. He had a bum hip last year. I don't. I don't know if he's good. We'll see how he plays. Was he good in college? Healthy. Yeah, he's pretty good in college. He was great in college. So, like, I don't think that somebody's. I don't think Jordan loves a bum because he hasn't beaten out Aaron Rodgers. You know, <laughs> I'm not just talking like talking about and the NFL. It's a completely different thing. Well, it's it's the same thing. Just it's, see, he couldn't not. beat out Tua. So he went somewhere else to start. I don't think that makes him a bum. Yeah, but he was on the team for three years. Couldn't beat the guy out, so he left. Yeah. Uh, he, I, I think the guy's a bum. I, I don't think he's that good. I think people are way too high on him. And I think that he ends up fucking – I think he ends up sucking this year, and he's, he's like a bottom 25, 28 quarterback. See, wow. the thing with the, with Hurts, I, I don't think he's a great passer. I don't. But I think the rushing volume and the floor that he has there alone will get him in as like quarterback at worst, like quarterback twelve. Yeah, just because he's probably going to have eight hundred rushing rushing yards and probably six to eight rushing touchdowns. Like that alone, I think is going to be enough just to get him as a, a low end. But I do agree that I don't as as a passer, I don't think he's great. Yeah. He's definitely not great. I think he's decent. 
I don't. He's yeah, I guess he's average, maybe a little below average. I think. Yeah, I, I think he's okay, but he has a solid rushing floor. Yeah, it's the dual threat ability that he has, which is why I don't think he's not going to finish outside the top fifteen if he's healthy. I just just because of that rushing floor alone. That that's me. That's what I think personally. I think you can argue that his passing stats might look like shit. Yeah, but it's like I said, the rushing the the rushing uh, volume and the floor that he's going to produce will be enough to offset that. So he has an okay fantasy season. Okay, so but I still think he has more turnovers than touchdowns, passing touchdowns. Uh, which is it's possible. I th- yeah, I think that's pretty bold. Uh, I I don't think. I mean, how often do you really see that, man? But I, anything's possible, right? Not you should never see that, Brian. <laughs> in the NFL, yeah, typically um, not a good sign. <laughs> but uh, Sam Donald's mastered that I, fucking I, I was gonna, I was every just year say, in his give career. Me, give me a second to see. Uh, I think Donald might have actually have done that every year of his career. Yeah, more to, really. Yeah, every year of his career, he has had more interceptions than touchdowns, passing touchdowns. Yeah. I'm I'm that, not just that's talking not interceptions. Sucks. I'm talking he interceptions had, and fumbles. He he had more touchdowns. Um, maybe it's turnovers. I'm sorry. In 18 and 19 than interceptions. Yeah, maybe but you have fumbles. Combined. You got to add the maybe fumbles. Maybe it's turnovers combined. Yeah. Yeah. I think Winston did it a couple of times too, or he was very close if he didn't. But anyways, so very good, Stephen. Uh, I think you're wrong, but we will see. And that's going to bring us on to Eric. Give me your last bold prediction of the night. All right, so I got two real quick. I'm just going to rattle them off. Uh, rattle them. Speaking of two with Tiger Vailoa, I think he's going to finish as a QB1 in 2021. And we're still kind of in dynasty season, so I figured I'll salt sprinkle in a little dynasty bold <laughs> prediction. Okay? I'm going to say that Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith will both be top six wide receiver startup picks in 2022. Hmm. Okay. I got one more bold prediction here. So, Aaron Jones will finish as a top five running back. So, he's going to do what he's done the past two years. Well, I'm glad somebody else sees it. Why the fuck isn't he being drafted like a top five running back? I mean, really, draft after draft after draft, we see him go in the second round. Why is it? Why is I don't get it. He's done it the last two fucking years. And he's going as the he's being drafted as the running back ten. It's I I don't understand it. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. So apparently this is bold because nobody believes it except for us. Like it, it's fucking it brutal, brutal. It's it's wild. I I don't I don't know if it's if a little bit of the reasoning. I don't think it has too much to do with it. I was gonna say I don't know if the Aaron Rodgers drama is a little bit of a factor, but I don't. I think if Aaron if everything was kosher. He'd probably still be around RB eight nine. See, that's but that's what I don't get though. It, it's like he's he's quietly had the best two years, uh, better the a better two years than most running backs in the NFL, and nobody talks about him. Nobody. He never gets brought up. It, it's like I don't get what, what is. Why do we have to whisper it? You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, people yeah. probably be like, "Oh, well, Aaron Jones just got his bag, so you know what that means: regression incoming." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's I had three thousand yard seasons the last three years. I mean, the touchdowns have been up and down, but he, he's roughly four hundred yards receiving uh, on average. He's mm-hmm. getting, uh, you can say, forty five plus t- uh, receptions every year. 
He's getting 60-plus targets every year in the, in the passing game. I mean, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. His, his yards uh, have gone up every single year since he's yep. been on, on the Packers. And last year, he had a touchdown regression, so he fell. He got he got eight less touchdowns, and he fell all the way from running back two to running back five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not not a thousand in the last three a thousand in the last two, I'm sorry. I'm uh, I just see don't... our rankings. Yeah. R B nine. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Bottom of tier two. He is the last running back in tier two. Jonathan Taylor. Nick Chubb. I dude, I don't care what people say. Saquon Barkley. I am not taking any of those three over Aaron Jones. No, me neither. No. Nope. It, Alvin it's, Kamara. It, that's yeah. I'll take, you know, yeah. I'll I'll take McCaffrey, Kamara, CMC, and, and, Cook, and Cook, and arguably you could make a case for Derrick Henry. Uh, you could make a I case for take, Henry. I would take Jones over Henry personally, but I mean he he's probably well he is he's my my fourth running back. Yeah, and he should be. It's like every you know the last two years he's in the top five and he's consistently being ranked near tenth in the league, and I don't get it. So it's like. Like obviously, I'm kidding when I say it's a bold prediction that he'll finish in the top five, but that's the way it feels. Because so far, you, me, and Eric are the only people that believe he's going to be top five. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. I think I have him at RB six. I think. Yeah. Six. Yeah. It's 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 crazy, man. The disrespect is brutal. Steve, why don't you give me your last? Well, let's do one more each, huh? Uh, Steve, why don't you give me your last bold prediction? All right. Um, Do you want a do you want a soft prediction, or do you want a eight or nine on the fucking bull predictions chart? <laughs> oh God, I want it so hard. All right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Go. Go. Go for it. Go all in. Fucking going hardcore. Hardcore <laughs> porn coming in. So my my boldest prediction yet on the show, Jonathan Taylor. You love him. Uh-huh. You gotta have him. He's your fourth, fifth running back off the board in dynasty. Well, guess what? You fucking over. Whatever you say, I'm in. Jonathan Taylor <laughs> will finish as a mid to low to low range RB two. That means outside of the top fifteen mm. to fit to RB twenty. I'm in. Hmm. To tell you, I'm not impressed. That's not too impressed low. Him. It's too low. I'm not impressed with him. I honestly think he finishes as like close to the bottom of the RB2 but no you're you're too low so obviously I mean clearly Eric is on board uh- <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% actually you're gonna when you see my running back rankings you will see Jonathan Taylor's <laughs> ranking will reflect that I am on board with that because I have him quite low um I I think there's a solid chance that Jonathan Taylor finishes top 10 I do I do not um I think so he only had 36 receptions, 40 targets. Uh, I I think a small bit of that goes away. I don't think it, it's enough to be a You think a some of that goes away? I do. I think more of it goes to Hines. It's not going to Mac, but I think he's he probably took still going to get from Hines. He's probably still going to get 30 to 35 targets. No, 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 no. 25 you're, you're, to 30 receptions. It's you're, you're, you're lose you're, a little bit of the receptions. You're looking at it all wrong. He took it from Hines. Now Hines is going to win it back somehow. He took it from Hines in the first place. It was already Hines' job, and Jonathan Taylor took it. I think he's going to get more receptions next year. Yeah, I don't. 
and I think and I think Marlon Mack is going to take more of the rushing work, and I think he's going to take a, a decent amount of the goal line carries. So your your eleven touchdowns from last year are going to go, and, and that number is going to drop as well. I don't think he has over a thousand yards rushing. I think he ends up around the eight fifty mark. But why? What? Why is that? What you? Why do you automatically assume he has less than a thousand yards rushing? I think he's only going to get maybe two hundred attempts, and, and I think he's going to lose about two hundred or so yards on the ground from that. Yeah, I don't know why he loses attempts though. Because they're going to go to Marlon Mack. Come on, Steven. Come on. What? Oh, no. I, I'm. I don't think they just signed Marlon Mack to sit on the bench for fucking they sixty minutes. They didn't sit him. I'm, they, I agree. They're not going to sit him there. They're going to use him. They're going to use He's all gonna, three running backs. He's going to get a little bit of game. work. He's going to get a little bit of work. So but a little bit of work is is thirty carries from Jonathan Taylor. That's what I'm saying. He's so why 30. can't why can't Marlon Mack just take Jordan Wilkins' job and have eighty four attempts for three hundred yards? Well, he probably is, and he's probably going to take another thirty from Taylor. Yeah, I don't believe that. That's jo- why it's not your bold John- prediction; it's mine. But Jonathan I, Taylor is a million times more talented than Marlon Mack. I agree with you. He's going to get on the field. I think he takes that work from Wilkins, not Jonathan Taylor. He's not going to take Wilkins uh, carries and some of Jonathan Taylor's because it, it, you're, you're taking carries away from the better running back to give them to the worst one. I think you're wrong. I think you're uh, underestimating what they're going to use. As far as, si- as far as signing Marlon Mack, they signed him for a song and a dance, and he's a huge upgrade over Jordan Wilkins. So I don't think it's a terrible signing. But they didn't sign him to take work from Jonathan Taylor. They signed him to get Jonathan Taylor Gatorade when he comes back to the sideline. Well, I disagree with you. And well, I mean, find out at the end of the fantasy season. That's why we. That's why we talk about it. I mean, we don't. If we all agreed, it'd be boring. You know, <laughs> because of the fact that Marlon Mack is a guy that was on that team and a guy that they liked and a guy that they've used in a lead role. I'm not trying to say he's going to take a lead role. Don't twist yeah, my words. Yeah, no, and I'm not saying that either. But that can that worries me that. He's going to have some type of a role because he's familiar with that team. He's familiar with that offense, and he has a rapport with the coaching staff. He, he mm-hmm. He's not just going to ride pine. Even if he only gets five touches a game, that's five less touches going to Taylor. Yeah. No, but they, it's not, though. They have a role, too. They had a role for, Mar- for Marlon Mack when they drafted Taylor. Marlon Mack got hurt, so that role changed because he was on IR. He's going to fill that role. No, but it, like you're missing the point. I'm not missing any point. Yeah, you are. You don't think that Marlon Mack is going to be on the field. You think he's just going to be there in case somebody gets hurt. And no, I didn't say that. To take, to take a carry here and there. See, you are missing the point because you're not listening. I specifically said he takes 90 attempts. Yeah, and I think he takes more than 90. I think he takes all of Jordan Wilkins' workload, and he takes some more from Jonathan Taylor. And you're wrong. Well, we'll find out, <laughs> but I don't think so. It's a possibility. touch. I think the touchdown regression alone, if he loses four touchdowns, it puts him down right around the RB15 range. So he doesn't even have to lose the carries. I don't understand why he automatically loses touchdowns. I mean, he didn't really get the lead role until, what, week 11? He started getting the majority of the carries? Like, I mean, you act like he had this job from day one, and Naheem Hines wasn't out there, and Jordan Wilkins wasn't out there, and it's like... He really didn't come alive until like week 10 or 11 or whatever the fuck Believe it was. Believe me, I know I had him on my team. I'm fully aware of what he did and when he did it. So now that he now that he has the workhorse role and he goes into training camp as the one and 
he goes into the season as the clear-cut number one, he somehow gets less yards, less attempts, less touchdowns. Yeah. Got it. I feel that he's going to lose some work to the guy that was on the team before they drafted him, that they re-signed to keep on the team. And after after that, they let him go into free agency and he came back for a vet minimum contract. Yeah. Because nobody wants gonna, him. They weren't going to pay the, the higher dollar amount, and, and I can completely understand that, but they have a role that they want to use him with. That's all. And, and he's going to take some of that work. I, I, I think agree with you. He's going to take Jordan Wilkins' role. He's going to move right into that and take those 80 or so touches, but I think the role gets expanded and he takes some of the other work. That's all. He's not yeah. taking any of the passing down work. See, I, I, I just, I, I cannot get on board with that just because like, I don't see them taking, like, he, he's making a million dollars. Like, mm-hmm. that's probably the vet minimum. He signed for Is nothing. It's two. It was two million. It's two, but it's still, yeah, it's still chump change. For, yeah. So, yeah, he, he signed for a song and a dance. That's the only reason he's back. It's not, he's not there because they want him. They let him walk. They let him go into free agency. He came back for nothing, and they said, all right, fine. Like, you're going to take the minimum? Fine. We'll sign you. It's cool. Like, we love you, dude. But, like, he's not there to take work from Jonathan Taylor because they didn't want Mac in the first place. It's not like they pursued him. They didn't offer him a contract. They let like, him go to free agency to, to find out what he was worth. And, nothing. And, and they signed him back. <laughs> the, the league said the league he's minimum. worth nothing. Nobody yeah, else wanted him. And that's fine, but they let him go to free agency. They but didn't now, you, but now you're going to take work away from Jonathan him. Taylor. You're going to take work away from Jonathan Taylor for a running back that literally nobody else in the league wants. Nobody wanted him for the price he was asking. He signed for the minimum. If you, if I know you, he did. If you, if you offer 1% more than the minimum, you could have had Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you could have had Marlon Mack. Everybody that's, said no. That's not entirely true, but sure. So moving on, obviously... <laughs> You don't agree, and that's fine. That's but, uh, correct. You'll just be Steve. I am with you. So. I'm on I, your side. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's got your back. <laughs> Eric's just buttering me up because he needs me on his side for for his the next. Cam Akers debate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on, yeah. the thing, the he thing knows with, it's the, coming. The thing with JT, the only thing that kind of worries me a little bit is like, dude, he plays in a super soft division. Yeah, yeah. Houston, Jacksonville, <laughs> Tennessee. Like that's pretty much like six games where he's guaranteed to have over a hundred yards. He'll have a thousand yards in those six alone. <laughs> that's the only like thing. Like it's the division he's in is so soft as far as rushing defenses go. I'm pretty sure Houston was uh, dead last, a second. Houston last. was the worst, yeah, and they will be again. Mm-hmm. But the other two will potentially could be better. They we'll see yeah. how it works. But Jacksonville still going Jacksonville yeah. still suck. I think. Jacksonville's still gonna suck. But um, Tennessee, Tennessee should be better. Mm. Eric, why don't you give me your last bold prediction of the night? Well, speaking of year two running backs, who's my favorite year two running back? I believe it's Cam Akers. You are correct. It is Cam Akers. My it's bold not prediction. James Robinson? It's not. It would have been until <laughs> Travis Etienne showed up. <laughs> I'm going to go out and I'm going to say that Cam Akers is going to have himself a top five running back season. Whoa! So Cam Steven. Akers. I, I, I'm saying neutral. <laughs> <laughs> I am banking a lot that how it ended is how it's going to continue. Okay. In his last six games, he averaged about 24 opportunities a game. 22 attempts, two targets. I love the vision I see from this kid. That O-line was not that good. 
And if it wasn't for his patience and his vision, he would have been even worse. He did not hit big holes. He had to let his blocks develop. His yards before contact per attempt was very uh, low. 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 The O-line wasn't great. Yeah, he was getting hit behind the line. He was getting hit. Yeah, he was getting hit early. So, here's another thing with uh, Cam Akers. This tells me a story. Defenses were not scared of Goff. Do you want to know why? Because he was average, defend- average defenders in the box Cam Akers faced was 7.3. Mm-hmm. That was the fifth highest in the league. Okay. So there's going to be – you have a team that has now upgraded the quarterback position. They traded for Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is a much better quarterback than Jared Goff. I think we all agree. I would, ag- I would agree with that. That is a huge upgrade. Defenses are going to have to respect Stafford. They did not respect Goff. They still have Robert Woods. They have Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Tutu Atwell. I do not believe in Tutu Atwell. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're going to do with him, personally. I don't know if they're just going to steal touches from Cam Akers. <laughs> I don't know if they're just going to throw him on the field and be like, hey, just go run that way. We're going to run left. You go run right. You know, I, I don't know. I think this offense has the potential to be a top five offense in the league as a whole. Mm-hmm. If Stafford can stay healthy, that is one of my big concerns with Cam Akers. If Stafford cannot stay healthy, it's going to kill Akers, just like Dak getting hurt killed Zeke. And another thing with the Rams is Malcolm Brown is gone. Yep. What would He's you say to that? With big fucking deal? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Malcolm Brown no, led, the, led the running backs in targets, receiving, and receiving yards. Targets, receptions, and receiving yards. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do anything to replace it. Nope. So he potentially nope. could see some more Akers work in the Henderson. passing game. Is Henderson going to have a role? Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's going to. 25%. If I think if Akers can get 70 to 75%, I think you could see a top five season from him. And I think it's very, very, very possible. I am not alone in this department, which scares me. I love Cam Akers. There's a small piece inside of me that says, don't do it, you fucking idiot. This is Miles Sanders 2021. What is wrong with you? But... Mm. I'm too far in. I love the kid. I like what I see. I, I, everything I see out in front of me, I think the sky's the limit for him. I think he's going to light it up. Brian, tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, well, I mean, let me start with my bold prediction. Cam Akers will finish outside the top 20 for running backs. I mean, obviously, he averaged 18.98 fantasy points per game from week 12 on. That's awesome. Uh, 74 rushing yards per game. Six receptions per game is awesome. And point six six touchdowns per game. Like, that's great. From week 12 on, you can't... I'm sorry, hold on. That's Miles Sanders in 2019. My bad, my bad. Cam Akers averaged 13.8 fantasy points per game, not 18.9. He averaged 84 rushing yards per game, not 74. He averaged 1.6 receptions, not 6. And he averaged .4 touchdowns, not .6. He was worse than Sanders in 19. And now, not only are you predicting he won't fall like Sanders did, he was not a flash in the pan like Sanders was, but he was worse than Sanders during his little mini breakout, and you're predicting he goes all the way to the top, just like we did with Sanders. You're falling for it all over again. I'm not. Cam Akers is a fucking illusion. He's not that good. He is not that good. And he doesn't have the role you think he has. I think Malcolm Brown's splits go 50-50 which makes it pretty much an even split considering that Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and Malcolm Brown were one, two, and three. They had pretty much the same exact amount of touches. 
now that Malcolm Brown is gone, I think they still split it 50-50. Daryl Henderson's not going anywhere. Anywhere. And I don't think Cam Akers is anywhere near as good as you think he is. We will have to agree to disagree. And I see why you left week 11 out. Why is that? Because he had 9.33 yards uh, per attempt average. Yeah, he had 8.9 fantasy points, too. Do you want me to throw week 11 in? His five five rush. What are you looking at? I see 14. Cam Akers? Yeah. That's week 12, dude. I counted week 12. No, it's week 11. No, week 11, he played Tampa. He had five attempts for 15 yards. For, for, for 15 yards. Week 11 would have helped me. Yeah, Tampa, no, you Tampa said had the number one run five defense games. last year. You said weeks 12 through 16. 12 through 17. 12 through 17. Yeah, he didn't oh, play week I'm 16. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forget that. I was yeah, looking no, at I, games I, played, not the, not the week. Oh, yeah, no, he didn't <laughs> play like, week hey, 16. He left this game out, this prick. Yeah, no, if you want, I'll throw Tampa Bay in there. I'll count his five ah, for nah, 15. Leave <laughs> you can leave it out. Or uh, how about his one reception for four yards? You with know? a touchdown. That's, yeah, that's with a touchdown, that would bring up his average, yeah. Uh, so almost nine fantasy points. There you go. Um, no, I just I don't think he's that good. Like, I, I think he's okay. He's just a guy. I like. I don't think he's bad. I just. I don't think he's an elite running back. I think he's just a guy. He's just. He has RB two written all over him, and that's how I'm going to draft him. So, Eric, you want to take him at the back of the first? God bless you. I think you're going to be severely disappointed, just like everybody was last year with Miles Sanders and Ceh and all these guys that they just make up the stats in their head for. He doesn't have the role you think he has, and he's not as good as you think he is. So, my ball prediction for. Cam Akers is that he finishes from the RB6 to the RB19. <laughs> Steve thinks I'm a little too high on him, and he thinks you're a little too low on him. Yeah, that's what I he's saying. So. That's, that's what I'm saying. I, I, think, I think you're both probably correct in your own rights. I, I don't think he finishes top five. Um, there's way too many running backs in much better positions that will finish in those spots. He could creep into the top 10, but I don't think so. I think he has a chance to finish at the end of the RB1s at the 11 or 12. Uh, but I think more realistically, he's going to be in the swift range of 13, 14, or 15. Yep. We'll see. He's closer to me than you. <laughs> it's decided. I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, th- there's a potential on both sides that, that – you guys both could be correct, it, but I think it's going to be somewhere more in the middle with Acres. Just I even made the assumption in my own fucking debate that uh, I keep telling myself in my head, this is Miles Sanders 2021, because that's yeah. what it seems like. Yeah. Like The more I think about it and look at it, I'm like, this was Miles Sanders' last six, seven games of the year. He looked real good, and every, you know you buy into the hype, and you're thinking, oh, the team will improve. And yep. There's a couple of running backs every year uh, that, that we do the same thing with, so. I think that where Akers is going in drafts, both uh, Dynasty and what we're going to see in redraft, is going to be way too high. So I do not anticipate owning him uh, in any redraft this year unless he falls into the mid or late second. Because I think that's where you'll get your, that's where you'll get the value out of him to where he's going to finish. And every swing and dicks on him, which I hate. Oh yeah, everybody is. Everybody. 
See, and, and like, dude, I put him on the ballot for the Fantasy Award Show as the guy that was going to get drafted way too high because I was calling it all the way back then that he was 2020 Miles Sanders. And when you when I knew you were going to do your little uh, bold prediction for Cam, I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go back and look at Miles Sanders. And like I said, he was worse than Miles Sanders. And Miles Sanders clearly did not finish top five. He didn't finish top ten. No, and Sanders was walking into a, a role that was not clouded at all. There was no other, nobody else to share workload. Henderson has an established role. He's taken probably thirty percent of the work, um, if not more. And, and I think it's I think it's actually going to be closer to forty, and and split them up. Yeah, and I I think they take Brown's hundred attempts and. 30 targets, and they're going to split them 50-50. And it's going to end up a 50-50 split between Akers and Henderson. I think, it, I think it'll end up being 60-40, but, but it's close enough. All right, so that's going to wrap up the Bull Predictions episode. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can leave us a voicemail at 508-343-8010. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so. If you, if you want to leave us an email, you can do so at dddfantasyfootball at gmail.com. That is half of your entry fee to win two prizes that's right at the end of this month we're going to be giving away an amari cooper and a miles gaskin signed eight by ten both of them signed i'm going to be uh sending steven some pictures he's going to put them on the website daydreamingdegenerous.com you can head over there and take a look at those prizes all you have to do is reach out to us and send us a question and share a social media post also you can be automatically entered to win this prize if you sign up for our patreon for at least $5. So either way, you are you are automatically entered and you will be notified if you win. If you have a league, a mock, a draft, a trade that you would like to be judged, you can reach us at dddfantasyfootballjudge at gmail.com. Send us screenshots, pictures, and we will make an episode special just for you and your league mates. We'll email it to you, and you can all listen to it. And you can rub it in their faces when we tell them you have the best league, you have the best team, you have the best draft, you got the winning end of that trade. Tell them who's who. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think that's pretty much going to wrap up the episode. So, guys, do you have any uh, parting thoughts for the listeners? Nope. See you next week, everybody.